Well, God bless you, everybody. Praise the Lord. And thanks for joining us this week uh, for the Sunday School lesson. I'm Dr. Valerie Simpson. I'm Elder Daniel Simpson. And we're so thankful that you um, came to uh, spend some time with us, or even for those of you that are going to view this later on. Um, we're thankful. Um, we are glad to go into the Word of God <clears throat> and to draw from the book of Joshua. We've kind of been back and forth between Joshua and Judges a little bit, but we have found out that we definitely, uh, the stories definitely are running together. So today we are in Joshua. We are in chapter number 24, verse 1, and then they're going to drop down to chapter number 24, and it'll be verses 14 through 24. And uh, the topic of this week's lesson is Joshua's final exhortation. So Joshua's about to go off the scene. And just think for a minute, if these were your last days and you knew it, what would be your exhortation to those that look to you for instruction or that trust you for good guidance? All right, with that, I am going to turn the lesson over into the hands of uh, our instructor today, Elder Daniel Simpson. God bless you. Well, praise the Lord, Dr. Simpson. Let's start off with a word of prayer, if you don't mind. Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. But it's truly the day that you have made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it because we get to look into your rich word mm-hmm. and see a piece of your plan of salvation in the Old Testament for your people and for those who are called and love you and you love them, so that you will give us from your rich word where we can live thereby. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We'll be in lesson number nine, as Dr. Simpson stated, Ugh. Joshua's final exhortation. Yes. Yeah, if it was my last exhortation, you know, and he was such an influential person, right? He had influence over the whole nation of Israel their future, where they were headed, even though he was going off the scene, he had uh, the inclination to leave words that would stay with them, not only with them, but to the generations that would come after them. Obviously, we're still living by these words. Yes. And in this lesson, um, it says this is his final exhortation. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Simpson, he had another exhortation mm-hmm. or another plea up to Israel, and in this lesson, he grew up, he, he he brings the whole uh, community of Israel. Yeah, God in 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 Shechem. God encouraged it. it um, I believe instills it in his heart. Joshua was such a man of God; he didn't act on his own. You know, when God instructed him, you have to know that he was doing what God instructed him to do because it could have been a word just for the elders. But he's bringing all of them together. And I'm certain that these are the things that God wanted all of Israel to hear there in Shechem. Yes. So we're going to lay our foundation for this lesson in chapter 23. So we're going to back up one chapter. Of Joshua, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because in chapter 23, um, Dr. Simpson, we're going to read that. He's just going to bring just the elders, the leaders, the judges, and the officers Mm -hmm. to his home in Mount Ephraim. Mount Ephraim. Mm-hmm. And he's going to give them a plea or or a threefold um, uh, challenge 
if you will. And we'll, and we'll, we'll go through that. So let's go to Joshua chapter 23. Verse number one. All right, just that verse. And we'll go to verse two. God bless you, Mother Wilson. She's giving her blessings to you. Thank you. All right, verse number one says, It came past uh, a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from their enemies round about that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. So they were in a time of peace. And they had been in a time of peace. And so in this time of peace, in his declining years, um, Joshua is able to lead the people in peacefulness. Yes. So <clears throat> at this time, he's 110 years old. But verse 2 says this. Um, okay, verse number 2. And Joshua called for all Israel and their elders and for their heads, and for the judges, and for the officers, and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age. Yes. So Joshua, Dr. Simpson, he called the leaders of Israel, the elders, the judges, and the officer, to Mount Ephraim. Okay. That's where his city was at. That's where his inheritance Resident. was at. Okay. Yes. So he called the leaders of Israel, not the whole congregation, in this exhortation, his, his first <clears throat> exhortation. He just calls the leaders. Okay, so he's going to talk to them first. Yes, he's going to talk right. to them first. All right, are we going to verse number three or are we going to the no, lesson? No, we're we, we, we going. So, um, let's go to verse six because verse six of 23 okay. is his first exhortation to the elders. All right, so be ye therefore very courageous. Now, those were his words in the beginning that God gave to him. Now he's saying as he's going off the scene, in verse number six, he's saying to the leaders, the elders, the heads, and the judges and officers, he said, Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book. Isn't that exactly what God told him in verse number one? In chapter number one, I think it's around verse number 12. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, that's what Moses <clears throat> And listen to this. He's passing it right on to the next generation. He says, oh, obviously it's worked for him for 110 years, yeah. right? So Moses charged Joshua. Now Joshua's going to charge these Charge the people. He says, um, all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that you turn not aside there from to the right hand or to the left. So in the New Living Translation reads like this, Dr. Simpson. It says, so be very careful. To follow everything Moses wrote in the book of the law. Mm. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the left or to the right. Mm -hmm. He's exhorting them to stay. Stick to the word. word. Stay with what you have (laughs) been taught. Now, he wouldn't be so um, fixated on giving them this if he hadn't Mm -hmm. seen it, done it, and proved it to be right. Now he's telling them this is... This is how you're going to be successful. This is how you're going to be able to continue with uh, a victorious life. Don't get off course from the word. And that's a lot of things in the law. It talked about not only how to worship God and how to be uh, honest and genuine and, and loyal to God, but it talked about how to treat one another and how to deal with your enemies and how to trust in the Lord. So, uh, he's saying, don't veer from it. So that means you need to know it. Yes. So verse 8, also verse 9. Okay, verse 8 and 9. Okay, so 23. 
8 9 says, But cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done unto this day. Continue to be faithful. I'm getting ready to leave. For the Lord hath driven out from before you all before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you all unto this day. So the New Living Translation reads like this, Dr. Simpson. It says, Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. So he's encouraging. Sounds the same. Leaders, yes. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has been able to defeat you. So, so he's uh, encouraging now, Dr. Sam. Yeah, and, and listen, look at what just just go back and you know reminisce for a minute. Go back down through the right. years. None of them have been able to stand against you. I mean, they did. They did rise up. They did fight you. They did steal from you. They did, you know, evil things to you. But in the end, they couldn't stand against because you. Because of the faithfulness of God. Because of the faithfulness of God, not because you were smarter or not because you were stronger. But you were faithful to God, and God was faithful to you. Yes. So verse 11 to 13, Dr. Simpson. 11 says, Take take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Else, if you do any wise, go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations. So don't go back and attach yourself to any of them. Even these that remain among you, because remember he left some among them to keep them in order, to trouble them, you know, bring them back to repentance and all. And um, and go in uh, unto them. Don't do that. And they to you. So stay away from them. Don't go back and pick up any of that. Yes, it's worthy of a praise, Mother Wilson. So this is what I'm reading in the New Living Translation Study Bible. Verse okay. 11 and yeah. 13, it says, So be very careful to love the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. 12. But if you turn away from him mm-hmm. and cling to the customs of the survivors of those nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry with them, verse 13 is a warning, mm-hmm. then know for certainty that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out of your land. Mm-hmm. Instead, they will be a snare and a trap to you a whip for your backs and thorny bristles for your eyes and you will vanish from this good land that the Lord your God has given you. So, you know, don't go don't go and connect with them. Don't be a part of them. Right. Don't join to them. And really, it, again, it's not um, just religion. It's just, I'm sorry, it's not just culture or nationality or anything because really they're their cousins in a way. But he's telling them not to go back and marry and all of that because these people are going to be enemies to you and adversaries, and they don't worship me. They don't serve me. Their nature, their culture, their attitudes, everything is totally contrary. So do not um, uh, attach yourselves unto them. And I think he told, um, you know, the nation of Israel that, and many times he told Solomon, I know, don't, you know, he, he didn't care that Solomon loved but he did say, Solomon, these women are going to take your heart away from me. And so when he does tell them, uh, don't go and attach yourself, don't do it because it's going to take you away from me. It's going to take your heart away from me. It's going to take your worship away from me. And it's going to cause you to err. And they, and then, and plus, they will beat you. They will attack you. They will mistreat you, misuse you. 
and you know it's just going to be nothing good coming out of it so okay. here dr sifter we see joshua he calls the elders and the leaders <laughs> and the judges officers of israel to his home in mount ephraim and he gives them this charge the same charge moses kind of gave joshua <laughs> before he left off the scene so joshua's given his charge to the leaders of Israel. Yeah, and it sounds like what God was telling Joshua, my, he was saying, Moses, my servant is dead, and then he begins to give him that charge in uh, Joshua chapter 1. All right, so now are we... So now we're going to the lesson. We're going to go into the lesson, so we are now in chapter number 24 of Joshua. And the and, reason why we, we lay that foundation is because in this lesson, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. Okay. He didn't bring them to Mount Ephraim, where his home was at. He took them, or he called them to Shechem. And this time, he called for the elders of Israel, and for all the heads, and for all the judges, and for all the officers. And they present themselves before the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he got the whole congregation. Now everybody's there. <laughs> okay. So now all of the, you know, the whole family, the moms, the children, you know, it's not just the leaders. I've talked to the leaders now. Here's the word and exhortation for everybody. So we're in chapter number 24. And we had Shechem, Dr. Steph. And, and Shechem was, and I looked up um, Shechem, and it was the first place that Abraham mm-hmm. built an altar unto the Lord. Do you know the name of it? I know there were at least three or four that he had built. Okay. And this is the promise that God gave Abram. When when he was at Shechem, he says, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated to the Lord who appeared unto him. And that's in uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. So it should say it there, huh? You think so? What he named it? That, you can talk to Lyle so they can hear you out. He's just saying, I can look it up. I'm just trying to see if we, you know... Because he was known for his altars, and so that was one, of, and that was his his worship toward God. Um, did you say six and seven yes. in chapter twelve? Okay, I'll read it. Um, six and seven, and Abram. So he was still Abram. Passed through the land in the place of Shechem, uh, and it's spelled differently. Um, unto the plain of Morah. And Canaanite was then in the land. So the Canaanites were there. All right. So seven, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar to the Lord who appeared before him. Usually they'll say what it said, what the name of the altar was, and I don't want to keep holding it up, but... uh, that was the promise. He built the altar to worship God yeah. for. So, and so just what I love about um, Joshua, Dr. Simpson, he took them right back to the to very them. first altar that the patriarch, Abram, had offered up to the Lord. Okay. Saying, I'm going to give this land to your people. So, and that's the thing, you know, that everything is, he's making everything very meaningful yes. and making it very clear. And, and taking them back to the very spot or the very place, God said, I was going to give it to you. So now they possess yeah, you. You're you, you, see, you see it? Yeah, you're, you're you in see, the land. he made the promise to our father Abraham. And here we are. And here we are. So Joshua, Dr. Simpson, 
he's going to recount as we go through this. Uh, well, let me back up. So in verse two through eleven, that's not in the Sunday school lesson. Joshua, he goes through some history and he recounts the Lord' rich mercy towards Israel. I, and I like that because he even did it in you know many times as I was saying to the my Sunday school class over you know uh, up north, saying to them that you'll hear God say over and over. You know, I'm the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And there was a lot in capsule in that. But then Joshua wisely says, first of all, here we are. We're standing on very territory that God promised to give us. The first promise he gave to the patriarch Abraham. First promise. And he got the promise. And and, and so, and then Abram builds um, an altar and worships him for something that had not been yet done, just something that God promised to do for yes, him. He's the father of faith. He's the father of faith, and that's a, that's a, a, a very important thing for us. You know, go, just go ahead and praise God, because everything, you know, is not going to look like what he promises he's going to give you. Then he goes through all this list of things that God has done. Likewise, I guess he has their hearts, and now he has their attention. We're right here, and so now he starts to go over other things. So in verse 9 and 10 of chapter chapter 24, 24, I wanted to bring this into the lesson as Joshua was was going through um, the history and the rich mercies of God. Mm -hmm. So in verse 9 it says this, Then when Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel, he summoned Balak, son of Moron to curse you. Mm-hmm. But God would not listen to him. Instead, he made Balak bless okay, you. Let me just read it. It says, Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. Oh, so that was a big scene, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, did you want me to finish reading? Yeah, verse 10. Verse 10 says, But uh, I would not hearken. This is, you know, the heart and word of God. But, you know, he sent him to curse you, but I wouldn't listen to him. Therefore, he blessed you still. So, I delivered you out of his hand. So, Dr. Simpson... And I don't even know if they knew all of the danger that they were in because they were just passing through the land when um, Balaam was looking over and he saw them and they became threatened. He was like, come over here and curse them. So, they didn't even altogether know, but God was watching over them. Yes, and Balak tried to curse them three times. He tried to go into their past and curse them, but it was a blessing. He looked at their future where they was at he tried to curse You know, him, you probably should bring blessing. those out. So when he went into the past, talk about that. the future. Talk about the past. That's powerful. Oh. That's powerful. If God can if, if God can look in, and, and, and the enemy, he will try to bring up your past to make you feel, you know, inadequate and unworthy and, you know, defeated and given up. He will, won't he? Try to bring up your past, but then even with that, God didn't hearken. And then their current situation, and then, like you said, into the future. But you didn't write them yes. down. And, and, and when he looked into his future, his real future, mm-hmm. he saw the star mm-hmm. that was coming, which was our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. to set up his kingdom and 
if you're in the real world. And I think that's numbers 24, I think it is. Yeah, and yeah. then the king of Mulfet, he said, I have I have called you to, to curse my enemies, and you blessed them these three times. He couldn't help it. Yes. He couldn't help it. He kept on trying to talk God into it, and as if he, you know, could persuade him, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, instead of cursings coming out of him, which he had in his heart and his mind, Instead, God caused blessings to come up out of his mouth. So Joshua, Dr. Simpson, in his final exhortation, he brings up part of the history Mm -hmm. of what God has done for his people. God was rich in mercy towards his people. And this is what I wrote down, Dr. Simpson. The Lord is rich in mercy towards his people, the church, which our Lord Jesus Christ purchased with his own blood. Mm -hmm. We have that mercy. The faithfulness and the blessings of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now we can get to the lesson, verse 14 of the lesson. All right. So, okay. So now if you're in the book of Joshua, if you don't have your Sunday school book, um, we're in the book of Joshua, chapter number 24. We're going to drop down to verse number 14, uh, which says, Now, therefore... Fear the Lord, which means respect and honor, respect and reverence the Lord, and serve him in sincerity. None of this manipulative, half-hearted, you know, your flesh is involved, your, you, you know, your spirit. But, you know, he said in sincerity and in truth. See, we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. But he says when you serve him, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. See, so I like this. After he gives his exhortation through verse 14 through 13, mm-hmm. and if you look at Dr. Simpson, there's a lot of things in there. I just picked out two. Okay. That I thought was good. But we know what that fear is. two types of fear that um, we're looking at. One fear is this. It's for the unbelievers. Mm-hmm. It's to be in terror, inspired by the unknown. And that is so true because the 13th chapter, I believe, of Hebrews or Romans, I think it's Romans, tells them that the, that the, um, uh, the leadership or the government or those that are officers, so to speak, are there not for the righteous but for the wicked. And then if you're wicked or if you've been rebellious, then he said, be be very afraid. Don't just be afraid. You be very afraid. Like you said, even of the unknown. Yes. But the fear that the church has is this, like you said, to stand in awe, reverence, honor, and respect for the Lord. Amen. This is what we have. And Proverbs says like this, Dr. Simpson, the fear of the Lord, we all know this, is the beginning of wisdom and a knowledge of... Proverbs what? Proverbs chapter 10. Okay. I'm sorry, chapter 9, verse 10. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life mm-hmm. to depart from the snares of death. Okay. I got another one for you, Dr. Simpson. I know okay. you like this one. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the judgment is of the Lord... Is this Psalms 119? Of 19? No, this is Psalm. This is Psalms nineteen and nine. Okay, yeah, nineteen. I said nine, and you said no, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen is full. Yeah, nineteen and nine is good. I just wrote just a few of them down. Okay. Or or you can get your King James version if you if you you want to. Go ahead. It says the fear of the Lord is clean, Mm -hmm. enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord 
is true and righteous altogether. Mm-hmm. Verse 10 and 11. I'll go ahead and read it. Um, uh, 19, and which verses did you read? Nine. Okay, so beginning at verse number nine, it's on this page. It says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. You know, not all together right. Um, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. That's 10. 11 says, Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. God rewards faithfulness, honesty, that's, that's our purity. Fear. Yeah, that's, that's for the church. That's our fear. It's to be reverence. It's to reverence. To reverence God yeah. and to honor him by living a holy life and just to be in all of him, of his, of his majesty and his majestic power. And we his children. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had to put Psalms, verse 9. Chapter, chapter 19. Nine. Yeah, 19, 9, 10, 11 in there to encourage the church to give that type of exhortation mm-hmm. that our reverence for the Lord is different or our fear of the Lord is different than the fear of the Lord. Because the things that you do are disrespectful. You remember how we were talking about it last week that some of the things that they were saying to just give us a king, give us a king. We don't, your sons are wicked. So give us a king. And Joshua was terrified. He knew it wasn't God's will, yes, you know. Um, but you know, he said, Joshua, give them what they asked for. Josh, well, Samuel, give them what they asked for. Sorry about that. And and they went ahead and he gave it to them. But he said, give them, give them because they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. So in the things that they were doing, you know, it was beyond that. You have disrespected God. So you can dishonor God in the way that you treat other people. And not just to say that you stand in the stead of God or in the place of God, because if you do, your life will show it, and you don't have to say that. But the um, thing that made God furious and said, "Give them what they want," they're gonna and tell them what they're gonna get with this king, because they have rejected me. But they didn't see it that way. But in all honesty, um, the way that we behave, it it tells you know what kind of a God we really serve. Do we serve? the God of heaven, or do we serve the God of our flesh? Or do we serve him in reverence and in honor and, and in respect, that type of fear? This is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know this one, we all know this one. It said, and now Israel, what does the Lord require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all of his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord. It says there's so many different oh, way, yes. different places in Deuteronomy. What chapter was that? Let's do chapter ten. Okay, so in chapter eight, he's telling them still. You know, in chapter four, he's telling them how to love God. Yes. He's telling them, you know, one one passage, and then even Jesus picks it up and says, "Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mm-hmm. with all your soul, yes. with all your strength." And I think Jesus said, even with all of your understanding. So if you're able to fathom, you know, what you're doing and saying is unto God, give him that too, because he requires whole 
hearted yes. reverence. Otherwise, you're not respecting God. Yes, he's a holy God. He wants us to be a holy people in this world as a yeah. testament against this world. All right, so what verse are we at now? 15. All right, so 15 says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you will serve. Now, if this is a problem for you, then, you know, make a decision. What are you going to do? He said, Whether uh, the gods of your fathers, which are on the other side, and, I, I, and, you know, people don't get stuck on just those idols and those worship with other nations. It was being connected and behaving like those other nations that made him say that that's not just, you know, being with them and like them, you're actually serving those other gods because of what you're doing. And so if we're not on a, a, a godly accord, or if we're not on a, on a godly um, foundation, then you're serving, you're not serving the living God. So it says... Um, and, and this is halfway through verse number 15. Uh, of the gods of your fathers served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Now you got their land. Um, don't serve their gods. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua made this personal. Mm-hmm. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. But this is what Psalms 101 says. This is for the church. This is for us, the body of Christ. David helps us helps us out. And he writes this. 101 so, in what verse? Verse 2 through 8, and I'll read them. Okay. Um, Psalms, because some people are writing them down. 101. So Psalms number 101. Verse 2 through 8. It says, I will behave myself. Verses 2 through 8. Wisely in a mm-hmm. perfect way. Mm-hmm. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? In verse, David asks a question. Mm-hmm. Then he says up in verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart. Forward. <coughs> which means backwards. Yes. A perverted heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to read the rest of no, you go ahead and read it because you started it, so you go ahead and finish it. No. I didn't write it down. Okay, five to eight. Well, why didn't you just let me read the whole thing? Okay, read <laughs> who, so, who so privately, or privily, which means privately, slandereth his neighbor? Him will I cut off. Ooh. Slandering people? And there's a lot of that going on. Um, I will cut off him that hath a high look, that's a proud look, and a proud heart, will not I suffer you. God's not going to do it. That's, I am not going to have it. Um, in verse number six, it says, My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, and that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall be, shall not dwell within my house. You know, I'm not gonna do it. He that <laughs> he that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I, I guess I'm gonna read that one over again. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies 
shall not tarry in my sight. Verse number eight of chapter number of, of Psalm 101 says, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Yeah. So I put that in there, Dr. Simpson, so it could be a, a kind of like a, a, a guideline for us personally to apply to our life. Because remember, that's what Joshua said. He said, as for me and my house, mm-hmm. we're going to serve the Lord. We're not right. going to serve these idols. Mm-hmm. So sometimes... And we know the word of God is our guideline. It's what we live our life by. So I wanted to put this in this lesson. And that's something, too, um, that Bishop um, Bishop Sean Tyson said when he preached in uh, Arizona for the Holy Convocation. He says, the music you listen to, the um, lifestyle that you live, he just began to say it. He said, it, it, it tells what kind of a God you really serve. Okay, because that is your worship. Because And people are like, oh my gosh, this is not worship. And there's nothing wrong with this. I'm not doing any, but it's not, you know, that uh, godliness that is being built up. And it's not giving reverence. You're giving your voice and you're giving your, your heart and your meditations over something else and it only leads to worse things so I mean you know it seems like it's insignificant but when you read the word of God you find out this is no small issue this is a major issue all right so verse number 16 and the people answered and said God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods for the Lord our God he it is that brought us up out us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage which did those great signs in our sight see they know and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed in other words we know Joshua you are so right he led us all the way he protected us he brought us out of the house of bondage verse 18 and the Lord drave them. They're still talking. They're talking good. And the Lord drave them out from among us, all the people, even the Amorites. So they were a big deal. They were a big issue the way that they, I think they were one of their first enemies. Even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land, therefore will we also serve the Lord for he is our God. And I believe that they were sincere in these words because their hearts were tender. They had gathered together, and Joshua had said all these wonderful things to them. In verse 19, and Joshua. Just what Joshua going to say to him. Okay, so then now Joshua's like, he's probably listening to them and nodding and saying, uh huh, uh huh, right, right. Now, verse number 19, Joshua talks. And Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God, he is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. He's holy. And remember that. Why is he making that? Making an issue so that they, you know, call to remember not only will you serve him, but no, he's holy and he's jealous. So everything that you do should be governed by those two characteristics of God. Yes, because in the law of Moses, it tells him that God is a jealous God. That's what it says in Leviticus, and I'll read Leviticus, and then I'll read Exodus. Okay, well, 
the references because they're putting them on okay. us. So Leviticus. Chapter 19, verse 2. Slide, slow down. Leviticus 19 and 2, because Mother Wilson's doing it for okay. us. So Levi- Leviticus 19 and 2, is it just a 1 and 2? It's 19, verse 2. Okay, Leviticus 19, verse 2. This All is, right, hey, praise the Lord, Judy. This is the New Living Translation. It says, give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. Okay. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. So you got to be holy. I, I'm holy, so I require holiness. Yeah. So here's the reason why I'm asking you for that, because I'm holy and I'm jealous, and I'm looking for you to do that in response and in appreciation for what I have given you to do, and this is, what I've told you. And this is what I believe Joshua was telling them. God is holy. He's a jealous God. So in Exodus, this is one of the commandments. I think it's the fourth, um, third commandment mm-hmm. in the law of Moses. It says, Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 says this. It says, you must not bow down to them or worship them. Mm-hmm. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affections for any other gods. Uh, I lay the <clears throat> sins of the parents upon the children. The entire family is affected even up to the third and fourth generation of them that reject me. So that's what he's I believe Joshua had to put that in and say, listen, your God is a jealous God. And he's holy. He's holy. He's jealous. And what and he wants, you give him what he wants. He wants he wants holiness. He wants you to live holy. He wants you to be holy. He he's jealous and he wants you to know that if you do, you know, because of my jealousy, then I'm gonna deal with you in a different way because I am jealous. And I wrote this note right here. It says, um, God he created man and woman for relationship with himself only. Mm-hmm. He's not going to save us, sanctify us, wash us up, put his Holy give Spirit us over to another God, and sit there and watch us serve the world, mm-hmm. and put him on, you know, on second. And, and serve the world, you don't mean, you know, yeah, I mean, being. Yeah, like yeah. Lib, I didn't save you. I didn't call you. I, you belong to me. Yeah. And what do I look like um, marrying somebody and then giving? Thank you, Mother Wilson. Um, uh, you know, marrying you. And then deciding, I'm not coming home for six months because yeah. I'm going to be over here with all these people. This is, you know, what I'm feeling right now. And then I'll come back. That's, God is not having it. When yeah. He told them, you know, I will not lose it. In verse number, privately your eyes shall be upon me. And He worketh deceit. He said, I will, I will destroy you, and I'll destroy you early. You know, uh, before I sit there and watch you. You know, do all of these things. So nobody gets away with anything. Somebody was saying um, in Sunday school that there is a specific personality that's very prominent in in, uh, the world today and said that it's just, you know, they didn't know the Lord. They would think that um, Mother Wilson wants to know where the scripture was in Exodus. Um, 20 verse 5. Chapter 20 and verse 5, Mother Wilson. Um, I you know, they said that if it, if I didn't know God, I would think that this person, you know, can just get away with everything, every, getting away with all this stuff. Nobody gets away. Nobody gets away. It may be put off, and, and God forbid it all come at one time. I don't know if your mother or father ever told you this, but my mother, my father used to say, 
you know, don't, don't make me, don't make me get on you for that, you know, because if I do, I'm going to get on you for older than you. So, you know, it's not like you got away with anything. I've been, you know, generous and, you know, I've extended kindness and mercy, but you know, you're not getting away. God will not be mobbed. We got to realize this covenant that God has given us is a great covenant. It's a covenant it's of mercy, beautiful. of everlasting life, yeah. love, divine protection. Mm-hmm. Um, when we leave this world, we go and, 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 and going to serve in his kingdom, his eternal kingdom. This, this is, a, this is a, a, a marvelous covenant that he has mm-hmm. given us. Mm-hmm. And he has afforded us to be partaker of. And we're in the kingdom right now because, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink. It is love, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we're in the kingdom right now, but when it comes to that day, that great day, um, when we leave here, if it's before the rapture, we just simply enter into the very presence of the Lord. God bless you, Marvin. Um, We just enter into the very presence of the Lord where the saints are rejoicing even right now. Now, it is not that new Jerusalem, but it is, you know, that heavenly places in Christ Jesus, um, which we are there now, but we're still in the world. So, you know, the thing is, is God saying, if you want to make it to that, he said that, uh, was it no drunkard, no reviler, um, uh, evil person. He lists them. And I think it's in Galatians five. And he said that people that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, he's giving them exhortation. These are his last and final um, directives to them and reminders to them before this old man of 110 departs to be with the Lord. All right, verse number 20. Verse number 20, it says, If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He's going to hurt you. Don't do that. And consume you. Well, that's pretty awful because, you know, that that means, you know, you have been done away with uh, and consume you. After that, he have done you good. So after he's done good and you turn around and you go serve those other guys and you do those things you don't know. So that's why we can't feel or feel justified in thinking that we can do things and then it'll be all right later on. No, you You've been cunning and crafty, and I've been kind and generous. But now he's saying in verse number 20, don't forsake him, serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt. God will do you hurt. So, you know, for those of you that feel that, you know, God is love and that he won't, you know, read the Bible. The Bible says if you do that, he's going to hurt you, right? And this is the second warning. Warning. And and Deuteronomy says this, Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Bless you, Victor White. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23 and 28. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 4, 23 and 28. It says, For the Lord thy God. Do you want me to read? Okay, Deuteronomy. I'm in nine. These pages are, and this is this Bible is 30 years old. This is Moses the one of them. Okay, what chapter? Chapter 4. Okay, what verses? 24 through 28. Okay, 24. Okay, Deuteronomy 4, 24 through 28. Yeah. It says, And the Lord 
the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. I think it's in the New Testament also. Okay, even a jealous God. He's really, I mean, this is Moses talking to a jealous God. Verse 25. Um, when thou shalt beget children and children's children, and you shall have remained, and you shall have remaining long in the land. So you've been living here a long time. And then you corrupt yourselves, and then you start doing things that are are wrong, and make a graven image, so basically just blatantly worshiping other gods, or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God, to provoke him to anger, all of those things are provoking God. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day. You said 28. Oh, I'm sorry. But that's okay. You know, I call heaven and earth. So God's going to make a statement. It's like, you know what? I'm making this statement and the heavens are going to hear it. All of the earth. This is going to be a testimony. And I have all of these witnesses against you. I will hurt you. I will. You you corrupted yourselves. I will consume you. I am a consuming fire. Don't play with me. You know, because I can show wrath. I am, you know, quite capable of just, you know, leaving no trace. If you've been consumed by fire, you know, other than the ashes, which are going to be blown away with the, I, I can destroy you without leaving a trace. And so verse number, well, we're back in the lesson. Okay, so verse number twenty is where we've completed. So now verse number 21, and the Lord said unto Joshua, and the, I'm sorry, and the people said unto Joshua, nay, no, 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 we'll serve him. We're going to serve him. We're going to serve him, Joshua. No, we're not going to do that. And Joshua said unto the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. So he said, now you, you just spoke it yourself. It just came out of your own mouth. So if you go ahead and serve other gods, after all of this, you know, you've given it back to me. That's fine. I hear you talking. But you're going to be a witness against yourselves. Your words are going to testify against you. And this is what I like about Joshua. Moses said, I'm going to call heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. In Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. you're gonna be a witness. Joshua got the whole congregation of Israel. Yeah, you're, gonna, I'm, you're gonna testify against and yourself. Said, Y'all gonna testify against yourself. Your, this, the children gonna testify against the parents. The parents gonna testify against the children. Well, they witness. testify against themselves. Yeah. Even just what you're doing is a testimony. Yeah. It, I mean, it speaks clearly what you're doing speaks louder than what you're saying. Yeah. So you said a whole lot of good things, but your actions are speaking louder and the words that you're saying that's going to be your testimony yes. from your own mouth because yes, witness means this a recorded testimony mm-hmm. your own personal we got, we got it on record right. here in the book of uh, Joshua we have it on record where they said this we're, no Moses I'm sorry Joshua we're, we're going to serve the Lord it's okay well you know what your, your words are going to testify against you if you go back and serve the other gods. Verse 23. I got something for the church, Dr. Simpson. Okay, go ahead. It's in Job. Job chapter 16, verse 19. I know you know this. This is for the righteous. This is for Job the saints. Job 16. 19. 
and 19. Job 16. You gotta remember that she's writing it down. And those are taking notes, and I know you're you're excited. So Job 16 and verse 19. He said, Also now behold, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. On high. high. Mm-hmm. This is for the church. This is for the beloved in Christ. Our witness is written in heaven. Oh God is my witness. Yes. And my record. And you know, he's keeping a record high, of yeah. everything that I'm doing. And you know, it's on high. I mean, so so listen and let those words be encouragement to you. So if you do good in the face of adversity, evil yes. and adversity, and if you maintain your integrity yes. at a time of temptation. And if you find yourself, you know, where it seems like everything that's happening is contradictory to what you've been told by God or what you um, are full to do in your heart, then just remember your witness is in heaven. Your record, God keeps a record of not only our words, like he's keeping a record and he put it out here publicly, but he's keeping a record of our thoughts and our intentions. I think David was saying, you know, I mused. It was uh, Psalm 35. He said, I mused while the fire burned. I was just angry and was going over it in my head. While, you know, all the fury was stirring within me, but I didn't, he didn't act out. He just allowed it to go. So God keeps a record. And so everything you do, everything that you do, and even your meditations are recorded. Your purpose, your intentions, your thoughts, they are recorded. And God rewards faithfulness. Verse 23. Says now, therefore, put away," said he, "the strange gods which you are, which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel." So you still got some stuff to do. Joshua knew it. That's why he called it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you go. Okay, you go back to your tents and get all that stuff, and yes. you know all those things that are in your heart. Clean it up. All of that, you know, nonsensical, you know, behavior. You're saying, we're going to do right. We're going to do right. And so then Joshua says, now go and get all that and do away with these other gods. And isn't that amazing? So if I'm a witness, I'm supposed to witness that you're getting rid of your strange God. You're supposed to witness I'm getting rid of my strength. Well, not only that, yo, if you don't, then the word is going to turn yes. again. The, you've, you've already opened your mouth. So when... Notice when um, the scriptures would come up that he would uh, talks about, you know, that time of judgment. The Bible says a man's going to be judged for every idle word that comes forth out of his mouth. And idle words, or he said for every idle word, he didn't say come out of the mouth, but he would be judged for even every idle word. And so those are words that are even in the thoughts. You may not have opened up and said it, but even those. So just keep in mind that everything, everything goes before God. He keeps a record and he rewards you according to your deeds. Verse number 24, and the people said unto Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and his voice will we obey. Now I put verse 25 in this lesson, Dr. Simpson. Okay. And it says this, so Joshua made a covenant mm-hmm. with the people that day. Mm. Yes. So what they said, 
Joshua made a covenant. And it's a contract. Yeah. A covenant is a contract and agreement. Between two people, two parties, and it was cutting. I looked it up, and it says cut means to cut. Mm-hmm. So what they did was that day at Shechem. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they used Abram's old altar, but he built an altar with the 12 tribes of Israel. He had 12 stones, mm-hmm. and there they cut a covenant. So when you say cut a covenant, that means there was some bloodshed. Yes. So to cut a covenant refers to, like Dr. Simpson said, the cutting of dividing the animals into two parts and the contractual party passed between them to make a covenant. Yeah. And so they would, and what he means by pass between them, and you can find this, it's either in 17 or 12 of um, Genesis. And he takes and he lays out the, he, he takes the animals that he's going to sacrifice. That's Abram. That's Abram before, you know, God had gave him this promise. I think it's going to probably be 12. But anyway, he would split them wide open and flay it like a fillet. Like you take your fish, you know, you split it, gut it out, open it up. And he lay it in the earth. And that signifies. I'm not there yet. And so, even though each animal was opened up and laid like that, it signified that everything on the inward parts were exposed to God. And so, that's what you're saying. That was what he was saying in that time of covenant. But he made two rows. So, he put, you know, I think there were... There were rams and bullocks and even pigeons or whatever. And he had two separate rows. I'm trying to stay in the camera. Two separate rows of animals. And when he went between them, thank you, Mother Wilson. She says 1217. It's uh, when he went through them, it means that he walked down the middle aisle where the sacrifices were on either side. And so God let him know that I have accepted this covenant, a contract. I am going to, my signature and my ratification is going to be consuming it with fire. Not the destructive fire of, you know, that he's talking about that he's going to consume them with, but it was, yes, it was to accept and to receive their covenant. Yeah. So Joshua, he cut this covenant with the people that day. And not only that, he said a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. A statute. And the statute was they would they would get rid of all of their so, false idols. And it's important gods. that you know he does, he's not saying S-T-A-T-U-E. Mm-hmm. He didn't put an idol up there. A statute yeah. is like an ordinance, a a precept, a law, you know, you find about 10 different words for it that uh, a word there to associate with the covenant that yeah, they had just made with yeah, God. And they were committed and bound by this covenant. So that was a very powerful yes. verse that the um, commentator managed to leave out of the lesson. So, yes. and, and this is what I like about Joshua, Dr. Stephens. Mm-hmm. He did everything within the parameter of what Moses gave him in Deuteronomy. Right. He did everything. He And he, he takes them all the way back. But, you know, you got to read the Word of God. It's very rich. It's very powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So that was an excellent lesson. So now I'm ready to go and teach it to my class. 
on tomorrow and a lot of them are Catholics, some are Methodists, some are, you know, members of charismatic churches, but they come and they hear it. So all you got to do is let the word do the work. So, all right. Well, with that, we want to thank God for you all being with us tonight. I I pray that you um, will have received something and that you will take it back and God will enlarge it in your heart and you'll take it back and feed it and somebody will find themselves in a place of humility and blessings before the Lord. Thank you, Mother Wilson. God bless you. And also Charmaine. And also, of course, always have to speak the Mims. Charlita Stevenson, Judy, and um, oh, Richard Holloway. God bless you, Tasha. All right. Well, listen, we love you all. And so at this time, I'm going to ask you to come back and join that. Marvin, God bless you. And thanks again for coming, Marvin Frazier. And so at what we're going to do is on Monday, um, we're back in the book of Isaiah, the seven spirits of God. And we are, I was getting very strongly after class on Monday that there's more to the spirit of understanding. So that was the third uh, spirit of the sevenfold anointing found in the book of Isaiah. All right, with that, and we'll be back on next Wednesday with the Sunday school lesson. All right, with that, we're going to dismiss. Elder Simpson, you're going to pray us out? Yes. Now unto him that loved us and washed us in his, his own, own blood. blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. Mm-hmm. To him be glory, dominion, mm-hmm. forever and ever. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, once again, God bless you. And thank you for being a part of this broadcast. We love you in Jesus name. Hang on. You're good. Oh, good job. Yeah. Oh.